0: Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Hello, hello. Uh, Welcome to the Insight Now live streams with just me today, Peter. Uh, We've been trying to do some of these Uh, during the week, uh, in addition to our Tuesday night with all of us together, or or, uh, Wednesday morning with Mark. Great to see you. Um, Just so filled with uh, joy and peace in believing today. Uh, What a great place for us to be able to trust in God, to trust in God and everything. And uh, as you probably saw in the title, I don't remember what I titled it, but it's about hope. It's about hope today, becoming a hope dealer. And I even made a little worksheet that I'll, that I'll uh, show you today. So this is going to be very practical. I'm going to share some scriptures. I'm going to kind of share some why. Uh, uh, a prophetic word that we had about 2020, which I've maybe shared with you before, but I think it's still relevant. Um, we're still in 2020 after all, and the word keeps being, uh, I think, really more and more relevant. So we'll share that word with you and share a little bit of the why and of becoming a hope dealer, and uh, share some scriptures that I think will really empower you in a certain pathway uh, to get yourself out of a place of fear and into a place of hope. We can't give what we don't have. So if we're going to be hope dealers, we got to be hope uh, possessors, right? And uh, so I'm going to share with you about how to possess hope. And, um, you know, it's really our inheritance as children of God to have a great amount of hope. Um, And, you know, hope is key to the faith process and the righteous shall live by faith. So if we're not living the faith life, hope is a major key in being able to live by faith. you got to have a positive imagination. You know, that's what hope really is, is a positive imagination for what's possible. And uh, so often we have a negative imagination. Let me say that again. So often we have a negative imagination of what could be instead of a positive imagination of what's possible. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and dive in here. Um, Feel free to comment. Uh, Thank you Benjamin, love it, hallelujah. Uh, So we're gonna go after some things here. I'm uh, newer to this technology, so uh, forgive me ahead of time if I mess it up a little bit and I'm gonna even share my screen a bit so you can see this um, worksheet that I made and maybe make a screenshot of it if you'd like to to print it out and fill it out yourself. It's it's such a simple thing, you'd probably be able to just um, sketch it in your notebook too. Uh, But let's dive in the start of this year, this was December 29th last year, actually, 2019. No, 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 no. It was December 26th, 2019. My wife and I were driving um, on the interstate, and we felt, um, we felt a, really a prophetic uh, grace come into the car, and we started recording what it is that, uh, that we were hearing. And among other things, we heard that 2020 is going to be a year of great upheavals and also great opportunities. Man, there's been plenty of upheavals this year. Again, we got this in December of 2019, the sense that there were going to be great upheavals. And the Lord said the opportunities are going to be seized. See, every time there's upheavals, there's opportunities. Every time there's upheavals, there's opportunities. Every time there's upheavals, there's opportunities. And the Lord said those opportunities are going to be seized from the place of peace and unhinderable optimism. My wife had woken up that morning with a sense. And I was like, what's this sense that you feel like so strongly? She said, it's unhinderable optimism. Doesn't that sound like hope? And the Lord went on to say, the world is crying out for those that have hope. The world is crying out for those that have hope. And it's the sons of God that are going to seize the day in 2020, and in the coming decades, see, I really think that in order to understand the prophetic words over 2020, you have to understand that many of them have been given about the coming decade. OK, this is the kicking off point. You know, do not despise small beginnings. And some of you have gotten discouraged in this year because you say, oh, the Lord said all these things, you know, the kingdom come back in 2020. And I really believe it's a word for the decade. Okay, so going to seize the day in 2020 and in the coming decade when they administer hope from the place of internal peace. And then finally, this, that we're actually going to become hope dealers. Man, so good. We're going to become hope dealers, finding ourselves often having to give a reason for the hope that's within us. Have you been found uh, with an unexplainable hope this year? Think about it. Has anybody said, why you got so much hope? Why you got so much hope? Why do you have so much hope? I don't understand it. The circumstances are not right for you to have hope. Think about Jesus crossing over with the disciples in the boat and the circumstances were not right for him to have peace, but he had it. The circumstances were not right for him to have hope, but he had it. The circumstances were not right for him to have faith, so to speak, but he had it. See, all of this is an inside job. We got to manage our hearts if we're going to live in hope, if we're going to abound in hope. You know, it's the normal Christian life, Romans 15, that we would be filled with all joy and peace in our believing process. We'd be filled with all joy and peace in our believing and that we would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can't, hope is not sort of like, positive self-talk is as as good as that really could be. You know, if someone didn't know God, thinking positive thoughts is a powerful thing, but no hope is actually a function of the power of the Holy Spirit who can say, I see heaven's perspective about this situation and let me give to you what you would not have and what the world would not have apart from you having an abiding relationship with me. We should be hope dealers. We should be hope dealers. I'll come back to first Peter in a second. Now, while it is normal for the believer to abound in hope, and that's our inheritance, to be able to abound in hope, it's not normal for the rest of the world to abound in hope. Ephesians 2.12 says this, at at that time, speaking of us, so we can relate. I mean, if you got saved as as an adult like me, you can relate. You can relate to being hopeless. You can relate to being despondent. You can relate to being without hope in this world. And at that time, you were without Christ. You were alien from the commonwealth of Israel and watch this, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope and without God in the world, it should not surprise us that many people find themselves hopeless this year. They find themselves dreading the future this year. God forbid they find themselves depressed Um, or even suicidal. And, you know, if we don't think that that's going on in our neighborhoods around us, um, we are short-sighted. When people are without hope, the enemy terrorizes them. Fear has an effect. And we need to be the ones injecting hope out of love. I'm not saying any of this to be heavy. I'm saying this to stir up compassion. We need to be injecting hope into our communities, into our workplaces, into uh, family friends, into our own families. We need to be injecting hope into these places, but how can you give what you don't have? And this is that word about being a hope dealer. First Peter 3.15 literally describes it. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense. Give a reason is another translation to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you. And do it in meekness and fear. In other words, we should never gloat that we have hope when others don't have hope. We should just give it. You know what I'm saying? Um, So it's a beautiful thing uh, to have hope for those in need of hope. And, uh, you know, we all need it in the body of Christ. We need to to encourage one another as long as today is called today uh, with hope. So right now, even if you're watching this and you're a person who knows the Lord and you have been filled with hope before, uh, but for some reason, this last week or this last day or this last hour, or sometimes this last month, you've been feeling that despair creeping in. You've been feeling a lack of hope and you don't might not even know why. Maybe you've even been praying about it. Maybe you've even been reading the word. I want to encourage you and release to you the hope of God this morning. You know, we freely receive. So we freely give. Matthew ten eight says freely you've received, freely give. And I, I say that because this is such a strong principle of ministry is that if we want to minister effectively, we have to receive fully. We have to receive fully. Religion is trying to give what you've not received as a gift. Amen. Second Corinthians, Paul says that we are comforted in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. And how do we comfort them? With the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. All of religion tries to get you to perform and to give what you've not received. Remember the wicked servant who said to his master in one of Jesus's parables, I knew you were a hard man who gathered where you did not sow. Oh man, that is not true. God does not gather where he has not sown. The Lord spoke to me many years ago and said, Peter, I will always minister more to you than I minister through you. Religion tries to minister more others than you've received for yourself. The Christian life is the vine life, John 15. We abide in Jesus and we naturally produce fruit. And that fruit is what people freely receive. And it didn't cost us anything other than staying near to God. Now, what I want to switch to, let's see if I can do this technology, is a little worksheet. And this worksheet, um, you can feel free to take a screenshot of it. And, um, when you take a screenshot of it to fill it out, it's also so simple. You could probably just, like I say, sketch it in your notebook. Um, but I think that, I think that you may find this helpful and, you know, perhaps you'd find it helpful. Perhaps someone else, um, that, you know, might find it helpful. Maybe someone that you're ministering to. So let me just hide that banner so you can see this. And I'm just, just going to show this to you now. Um, I know that some of you might be like a worksheet for what? Um, and I know some of you might be thinking the opposite, like, oh, awesome, a worksheet. But I just want to tell you that, that sometimes getting clear about a process can help make breakthrough sustainable. And oftentimes, you know, we find ourselves having success in an area, but we don't maybe know how we got there. And sometimes making it clear, a clear process can make all the difference. And it makes break, breakthrough sustainable. Other times when things get tough, it's really helpful to have a little pathway to go back to. So I hope this blesses you. Okay. And I believe the Lord showed this to me um, just recently here. And so if you want to abound in hope, one of the things that you could do or you could help someone do is you could have them write what I know. See, in challenging times, we struggle not only with what we know, but also with the burden of what we don't know. And that's often the difficulty of challenging times: is that we there's there's things we don't know, and those become burdens to us. So in this first column, you would write, "What do I know that I know right now?" What you know? What are the present tense realities? You know, um, this is my job. This is my family. This is what's going on right now. This is what I know. But then you might write down, "What do you not know?" What do you not know? And you're going to find that what you don't know is always going to be about the future. Do you understand me? What you don't know is always gonna be about the future. I'm gonna help someone out here. Fear is always about the future. You might think, no, 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 I fear my past. And I'm telling you, no, you're fearing condemnation about your past and the condemnation that you fear would theoretically happen in the future. You might say, "Uh, no, uh, I'm just telling you, fear is always about the future. What you are experiencing right now is already known. A couple of years ago, I was fly fishing one day on a river and a hook got caught in my finger. It was terrible. The pain was terrible. And I'm not a good patient. You know, there's some people that can handle, uh, you know, having surgeries and stuff like that. They're like, just, you know, just sedate me a little bit. I'll be fine. No, I would faint, you know, just the sight of the sight of the blood. I, you know, I just, I'm not a good patient. And so here I am by myself on a stream thinking I'm going to faint as I've got this hook sticking in my thumb and like, how am I going to get this thing out? And uh, I called Megan on the phone, my wife. I'm like, help me out, you know. And she's like, calm down, calm down. And listen, here's what happened. All of the fear I was feeling was not about the actual current pain. It was the thought of the pain that could happen. So here's what I know. A hook is stuck in my hand. What I don't know is how it's going to come out, right? And so right, you could write down the things that you know and then write down the things that you don't know. Now, here's my little surprise. After you write down what you don't know, what you're going to find out is some of these things are going to be fears. Oh, what if this happens? Oh, that could be bad. I'm kind of concerned about this. And the things that you don't know might be hopes. Man, what if that turns out amazing? Boy, that could be the greatest opportunity for breakthrough I've ever had. Do you see what I'm saying? Your future is either viewed through the lens of fear or hope. Let me say it again. Your future is either viewed through the lens of fear or hope. Your future is either viewed through the lens of fear or hope. The world's future is either viewed through the lens of fear or hope. You can actually watch presidential debates and see at certain times, certain candidates viewing the future through the lens of fear or hope. I just wanna pull up a, a scripture here. Fear and hope are so related. They're just opposite sides. First John four eighteen. there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Look at Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts. Do you see how hope is, is registered off of the love of God? And do you see how fear has to do with not knowing the love of God? I'm trying to communicate to you that you can see that hope and fear are two different expectations of the future. The fear has to do with something bad, is gonna happen. And if you've been perfected in the love of God, you aren't gonna be expecting something bad to happen. But if you have been perfected in the love of God, hope is not gonna disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, okay? So, and think about this. We know from Romans eight that we are saved in hope and hope that is not seen, or who hopes for what is not seen. What I'm trying to say is that hope has to do with seeing the future. Who hopes, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Why does one still hope for what he sees? You don't hope for what you already see, right? But sometimes you fear what you've not yet seen. And so fear is really a negative hope. Um, And hope, of course, as we see it, is a positive expectation of the future. So fear has to do with a negative expectation of the future. And hope has to do with a positive expectation of the future. And what I'm trying to show you is that if you think about right now in an uncertain or challenging time, or maybe in the future, if you have an uncertain or challenging time, or maybe if you're ministering to someone, you can have them list. What do you know? There's not going to be fears about what they know. Their fears are going to be about what they don't know. Their hopes could be about that, too. And then you can have them put what they don't know into the category of fear or hope, fear or hope. Now, what I want to show you is what I would call the what-if pivot, the what-if pivot. And that's just on the second side of this little worksheet. I hope you're still with me. You can take your fears and you can turn them into hopes. You see, when we have a fear, we're engaging with what if. What if that happens? What if that happens? That could be bad. What if that happens? What if that happens? It could turn out terribly. This could be the worst thing. And you might not realize that we're doing that, but if you actually dissect a fear that you're having, I can promise you, you are engaging in a what if conversation. It's about the future. You don't know it's going to go bad, but you're worried that it might. And what you can do is you can actually pivot. I'm trying to show you right here in that top left corner. You can pivot from a fear from your previous chart and turn it into a hope by changing your what if. By changing your what if. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday I was out to eat uh, for lunch and I was at, you know, a place that doesn't specialize, excuse me, in seafood. And I saw they had mussels. And I thought, oh, the muscles sound pretty good, and so I got muscles. Well, first one tasted okay. Second one tasted a little funny, and the third one I sort of paid attention. I'm like, man, this. I'm just going to be plain. This muscle tastes like urine. Smells. I'm like, no, this is rotten. I think these these muscles had spoiled. So I, you know, I kindly sent them back and asked for a new dish. You know, and what can your what if start to do? Oh, I could get sick. Uh, I could get sick. What if I get sick? You know, I, I've gotten sick actually before from seafood at, a, at a, a restaurant a few years ago. And I thought, oh, no, what if? And that's a fear. And what I can tell you that I did is I said, wait a second. I don't want to go down that. I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept getting sick. And so I say, what if, what if I wasn't going to get sick? <laughs> you know, how about not? What if I don't get sick? you know, all I had to do is to change my what if pivot. I just had to change it. I had to pivot my what if statement. The first what if was a fear. It was about the future. It was what if I get sick, but I could have a different what if about the future that could be filled with hope. What if I absolutely don't get sick and this doesn't bother me at all? Well, that's a hope filled thought. Amen. And so here's what I did. Second column, what's a promise from God, either his written word or prophecy made concerning you? And I start thinking to myself about Mark chapter 16. And you know, you can see it in your Bible for yourself. Mark chapter 16 says this. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Listen, I thought to myself, man, I even got a promise of God for this. If I if I drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt hurt them. That doesn't mean go try to drink poison. It just means if you happen to drink something that's not good, you've got a promise from God to stand on. And I said to myself, listen, what if I don't get sick from eating these spoiled this spoiled seafood. And I said, wait a second, I've got a promise from God. If I eat anything deadly, it will by no means hurt me. It will by no means hurt me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I will not receive sickness from those muscles. I am blessed. My stomach is blessed. I will not get ill. Do You see, I just did a faith statement. I will not get ill. And so if I can just, you know, scroll back through this with this example think about this. What I know, well, I ate some bad seafood. What I don't know, what will happen? Fear would say, what if I get sick? Faith would say, what if this becomes a testimony that I didn't get sick? And so I can change the fear to faith by, by a pivot of my what if statement. And then I can empower that with the word of God, you know, because remember, we know that faith is the substance. It's the tangibleness of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance. So how do you move? Do you see that faith and hope are related? You got to have hope to go to faith. Hope is the positive imagination. Faith receives it. Hope's the positive imagination and faith receives it. And so what I did is I said, wait a second, what if I don't get sick? That's hope. What's faith? Where's faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. So I find the word of God, whether it's a prophecy made concerning me that you can wage the good warfare with or whether it's the written word. And I say, what's the word of God say? It says, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And I said, I ate something deadly. It'll by no means hurt me. And I declare, I will not get sick. And now I'm making a faith statement. So what's happened is, again, this worksheet's called Engaging Your What-If Pivot, Your What-If Pivot. And I remember a couple years ago, Dave Cronus has talked so much about hope and so beautifully about hope. And he talked about you can lead as a leader from the place of fear, from the place of hope. You know, there's really two realities that we get to operate from. I'm going to stop sharing this here. There's two realities that we get to operate from, either from fear or from hope either from fear or from hope. When you think about your future, you're either thinking through the lens of fear or hope. It's all a what if, it's a what if, but God knows the plans that he has for you. I'm telling you, God knows the plans that he has for you. He has plans for a future and for a hope, for a future and for a hope. We knew that 2020 was going to be a year of great upheavals, but there's great opportunities. How are you going to get to those opportunities? How do you find opportunity in the place of great upheaval? You're going to seize those opportunities from the place of peace and unhinderable optimism. It has to do with hope. I'm telling you, the world around you is crying out for those that have hope. And God's sons are in a covenant where we get hope. Look at this. This is so powerful. 1 Peter 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Watch that, a living hope, a living hope. Think about this. Why is it a living hope? This is a hope that's not just positive thinking. This is a hope that stems from your relationship with God. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The most challenging thing of that worksheet that I'm showing you is the actual what if pivot. You know how you get a what if pivot? You know how you go from a fear to a hope? Get with God, get with God. Take your fears before God and say, God, what do you see? Show me what you see. Because remember hope, is a, it's a vision. Who hopes for what he sees already, right? Who hopes for what he sees already? Hope is a positive imagination. How do you get that hope? That hope is coming from God. That hope is coming from God. Get with God, ask him what he sees. The world around you is crying out for those who have hope. In this decade, the sons of God that have the internal peace of relationship with God are gonna be able to administer hope to the world. And the world's actually going to be coming to us as hope dealers, I'm prophesying to you. The world's gonna be coming to you as a hope dealer And you're often going to be finding yourself having to give a reason for the hope that's within you. Here's what I want to encourage you with. If you need hope, if you need hope, you know, if you need to get to this place of being filled with all joy and peace and believing as you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, know that you have to freely receive that hope in order to give it to someone else. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray an impartation of hope right now. I command every lie that's empowering despair or hopelessness in any area of our life. See, often you've got hope in 10 areas, but you got despair in two areas. you got hope in 13 areas, but in this area over here, you can't get a positive imagination of what's possible. I pray a breaking right now in the name of Jesus of every area of hopelessness in your life. I pray a breaking of every area of hopelessness in your life. I declare that the lies that have empowered hopelessness have to come down. You know, sometimes if you aren't careful, you can actually engage a spirit of fear. Fear can be a spirit. First Timothy says, "God, God tells Paul tells Timothy that God's not given you a spirit of fear. Fear can be a spirit. You know how you know when you're engaging with a spirit of fear is when you have one thought, that leads to a cascade of fear that literally becomes an oppression over you, like a darkness, a sense of darkness and heaviness over you. And it happens so fast. You're like, how did that happen? That's a spirit of fear. I'm telling you to kick that spirit of fear out. Do not receive a spirit of fear. You'll start to recognize that the spirit of fear has that characteristic and the enemy will overplay his hand with you and say, spirit of fear, go in the name of Jesus. You cannot engage with the spirit of fear and come out on the good end of it. You have to just kick it out, right? You can't reason with the spirit of fear. You just have to kick it out. And the spirit of fear causes people to become insane. There's a spirit of fear going about our nation right now and going about the world right now. I'm not saying there's not difficulties, but we're supposed to reason about the difficulties from the place of hope. But the spirit of fear literally causes people to lose their mind. How do I know that? First Timothy says God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind right? So soundness of mind departs when you start to engage with the spirit of fear. Also, power does too. In the name of Jesus, I pray a breaking of the influence of fear in the lives of everyone who's at the sound of my voice. I pray, Father, a release by your Holy Spirit right now, an infusion of hope into every area of our lives, mine included, and then, Father, I pray an infusion of hope into every area of culture that's surrounded by us. I pray, Father, that we would become the body of Christ, the hope dealers that the world is looking for, and that we would abound in hope in Jesus' name. All right, God bless you. I hope that's a blessing to you. Feel free to rewind the video, take a screenshot of the um of that worksheet. If anyone's interested, reach out to me. Maybe I can send you a PDF of the worksheet so it's easier to print. Or, of course, you could just sketch it in your notebook. Feel free to share the worksheet with others. Perhaps it'd be a blessing to someone um, who may not even know the Lord uh, to help them process through this. And uh, what an opportunity to share with them about the hope uh, that you found in Christ too. give a reason for the hope that's within you. But you can start to shepherd them and help them find hope instead of fear. So I bless you in Jesus's name. I'm so thankful for you watching. Thank you for joining. I'm thankful for being in fellowship and friendship with you. I pray that uh, this conversation has blessed you. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.